Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast for October 7th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOP21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOP21, on Instagram at ETOP21 Sports underscore, on Instagram, everything fantasy football at ETOP21 Sports underscore fantasy, for free horse racing picks at ETOP21 Sports underscore horse underscore fantasy. I know, yes, 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 I know it's been a while since I posted any horse picks. Golden Gate is up and running. I will look to be diving into Golden Gate more. Obviously, Gulfstream Park. Um, and I'll be doing some Santa Anita stuff, too. Uh, wow. I'm going to say this, guys. If you guys have not been to a Bulgarian wedding, oh, my effing God. Phenomenal. Uh, my best friend in the world got married over the past weekend. Had a phenomenal time. I. It was phenomenal. I... A lot of alcohol, a lot of food. It's been a while since I went to a wedding. And then they had, they, they had a brunch. I forgot how much I liked brunch. Oh, my God, I love brunch. God. I In fact, I love brunch so much, I'm going to look to go to brunch after Gino, Kyle, and myself record the BTV show. Um, phenomenal. Guys, it, like I can't tell you guys how much I effing love brunch. Um so a couple things, a couple things going on. Um, obviously, need to talk about that shitstorm of a football game that occurred last night in the NFL. If you listen to me on the dresses and solid pretzels, I handed out the Colts plus three and a half. That was a winner. And if you listen to Gino and myself during our Thursday Twitter space, I believe that's what they call are called. Um, you know, gave out. Pierce over 33 and a half yards receiving absolute easy winner. So yeah, it was a good game for me financially. Obviously not so much for the train wreck known as the Denver Broncos. I tried to warn everybody. Everybody thought Russ coming there would be the, oh, it's Russell Wilson. This is what I feel separates me from everyone else when it comes to football. This is the best analogy that was given to me. And once I understood this, it helped me look into other things. Football's like risk, okay? So hypothetically, let's say I'm a coach. I like to run the ball. I believe in having a running game. What am I going to do? I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to have a running game. Let's say you take over. You're a coach. You like to pass the ball. What's the team going to do? You're going to pass the ball, run and shoot, explosive. It's basically risk. Whatever the coach is going to do, that's what's going to happen and you need to have a competent play caller someone is showing that they can win games and if you don't have a competent play caller that understands how to put players in a position to win it's going to be an uphill battle and i said it when nate hackett was hired that this was an awful hire and the reason it was an awful hire is because he's never called plays in his life he's never designed plays in his life he's never done the alteration of plays. he's never managed a locker room you bring in someone like russell wilson this is a win now type of move by the Denver Broncos. And you can't afford to have a coach that has no idea what they're doing, can't scheme during a game, and then can't change the plays enough when a game is going on. It's common sense. And people were giving me so much hate when I said, hey, I'm betting the Broncos not to make the playoffs. I'm betting the under 10. To me, that makes sense the way I do it. And this is why. So who knows? They may make the playoffs. They may turn it around. Hackett may get fired. But I'm telling you guys right now, that team has issues. And even why are they running, not running the ball at the end of the game? 
you pass it, you run the, and it gets picked off by Gilmore. You run the ball, you take the points, you go up by six. Colts have done nothing all game. What has shown you that the Colts were going to be able to do that? It makes zero sense. Absolutely zero sense what they're doing. Who's calling the plays? Hackett is way over his head. Has no, absolutely no clue what is going on. But it's funny. I had Broncos fans DMing me saying, tell me you don't know football without telling me you don't know football. It's just kind of funny to me. Excuse me. When I say this stuff is going to happen, I get called out on social media and whatever happens. Uncle Rico knows what's going on. Uncle Rico knows his stuff. So, um, you know, let's let's keep moving in the right direction. You know, seeing the board well. NFL is great. College is great. And uh, Jim and I are going to be live streaming the TCU Kansas game this weekend. So make sure to stop on for that. Live betting. MLB betting, some horse racing. You know, David's going to be stopping by. The legend, Miss El Paso, will be stopping by, uh, plus some other people. So it'll be a good time. Brandon may stop by. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So make sure to check that out noon Eastern this weekend. But uh, great show today. You know, David's going to talk. come on. We're going to talk some NFL. Brandon's going to come on. He's hit two winners in a row in NASCAR. And Jim's going to come on. We're going to talk some CFL. So uh, let's jump right into it. We've reached the part of the podcast where we talk a little NASCAR and Brandon at Boston Boy 83 is back. And dude, two in a row, my friend. Back to back, baby. Back to back. Your boy Chase got it done 12 to 1. Nice little hit. Nice little hit, buddy. Uh, It felt good, especially being a homer. And then me and you have been talking for weeks to be able to grab a back to back. We finally got it. And trying to see if we can go for the turkey, my man. Interesting. They're at Bank of America, the Roval, Charlotte Road Course. You're actually going to be in the building, dude. That's going to be uh, – is this your first time going to the um, the outdoor one? The, no. The road course, excuse me. No, this will be uh, – I've gone to Charlotte every year for 15 years. So we'll be in the infield. We leave uh, – usually we go in either tonight or tomorrow night, but we're going to go in Saturday and uh, be there Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Super All right. Um what uh what what's the difference between a road and a normal course? Like a road course, what's the difference between a road course and a roval? Yeah. Your standard road courses are all slow paced when you have a mixture between sounds cliche but the mixture between an oval and a road course and that's why it's the roval so they'll run through the infield but then they go up and turn one and two hit the back stretch got a little chicane back to three and four high banks so it literally is exactly what it's called the roval it's a mixture between the oval and a road course okay all right um you know we're going to be using the um lines over at our friends at points bet. bet. Let's uh, pull these bad boys up. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Right off the bat, you know, I think we're going to be agreeing on this one. I think we're both locking in Chase LA plus 475. Absolutely. Uh, anybody that's followed us for the last couple of years know we don't like to go that low, but he has won the Roval twice. He's wrecked at the Roval, gone to dead last, came all the way back to win. It is his track. He loves it. Very good at it. He has nothing to lose whatsoever except gaining more playoff points to go into the next round. So I will 100% be locking in Chase Elliott at 475. 
Now let's turn our attention to AJ Allmendinger sitting at 12 to one. We have to like the dinger here. No, of course. Anytime we go to a road course and you can grab the dinger at plus 10 to one or higher, you have to lock them in. So uh, the first two, which is, this is awkward. That means you're both agreeing on the first two, but yes, AJ Allmendinger will be locked in at 12 to one. I would absolutely grab this before qualifying because if he does qualify in the top, 10 or even five that's going to quickly jump down to eight to one or nine to one um so i'm on him too yeah we've hit him before at a road course you know 12 to one that's not i think the room you gotta go dinger here um you know and the third one we kind of differ i'll 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 say mine um he's right under them i kind of like byron 14 to one you know average finish here 7.7 chase elliott has led 19.6 percent of the laps the last three races here William Byron has led the most at 24.5 so he's technically even though he hasn't had a win he's led the most laps that tells me he's due for one I see the 14 to one his um suspension or whatever that what what it was it got overturned so he's yes. back the game I think he's gonna be racing for a chip on the shoulder I kind of like him here at 14 to one so I'll take I'll, I'll lock uh I'll lock Will Byron in at 14 to one. To your point, I will say this real quick. His suspension, not his suspension to your point, his uh his penalty that he had had him sitting 11th, 11 or 11 points below the cutoff line with his points being given back to him. He now sits plus 14. He is good at this track. I am focused on a guy that is literally 100% in a must win. He is good at road courses. Let's scroll down just a little bit more. Keep going. I'm skipping who I originally told you. We're going to go 16 to 1. Christopher Bell. The man's good at road courses. He is minus 45 points below the cutoff line. He either needs to grab multiple stage points in the first two stages and the top five or win the race. So I like grabbing somebody like Kim that's below the cut line to be able to grab a victory to be able to get into the next round. And I like those odds 16 to 1. Okay. Now you mentioned and this is yours. I'm gonna I'm gonna let's let's have a discussion about it. True X 29 to 1. Looking yeah. at his course history, 17 races, average finish 12.7, five top fives, but only one win. Should be two wins, but he got dumped on the last second to last corner of the roll in 2018 or 2019 by Jimmy Johnson. Uh, He had a win. So that would have been a win for him. It would have been another top five. His average finish would have bumped up to at least an average of 10. Um, Seeing Martin Truex, who is decent at road courses and has done well at road courses, sitting at 29 to one, absolutely grabbing him. I think it's kind of, it's got to be worth a flyer. Um, But again, real quick, Eric, that's another one. You better lock him in before qualifying. If he qualifies in the top 10, those odds are drastically going to change. Now, let me ask you about this one. This is another one I want to ask you about. Get your get your opinion. Ryan Blaney, sixteen to one. I'm looking at his road courses. Um, Coda uh, started first, finished sixth, sixty nine laps laps yet. Sonoma started fourteenth, finished sixth, led one hundred and ten. Road America started nineteenth, finished eleventh. Uh, led 62. Indy Road Course 
started six, okay, led only 17 laps, crashed out, finished 26. Didn't lead any laps at Watkins Glen, started 26, finished 24th. Um, you know, obviously you take out the two crashes. He's had a hell of a year on road courses. Um, he's still racing for a ship. Uh, is he a little under the valued here? I mean, I know like, you know, I, I'm pulling up, I'm looking, I know like at, um, at this track, historically, he has not done well. I am looking, he's not even in the top 15 of the people I'm looking at right now. Do you think he has value or are we just going to look at his historically struggling here and just kind of move Oh, I take that back. Average finish 7.3, one top five. So he won here at the Roble that same time that Truex got dumped by Johnson. Okay. So they got dumped. That like, that's, that's, four, that's four plus years ago, though. Yes. So he has won here. The reason I want to overlook him, he does really well, but something he can't do. He can't close a road course race out. Whether it's getting dumped or falling back to fifth or fourth, he cannot close out a true win besides the one where the first and second place guy both wreck on the last corner and he wins. I just, I can't have enough confidence in the man to close out, close out a win at a road course. I can't do it. Um, Somebody I did want to mention, um, where is that slice son of a gun? Cendric and Hamlin, 16 to one thoughts. But great. Um. I don't want to sprinkle money because it's not like Talladega. So you got to kind of pick and choose what you like. Both drivers are absolutely able to get a win. The odds are good. Um, but to your point, you look at the stats with AJ Allmendinger and William Byron, you look at those guys at 14 and 15, or I'm sorry, 12 and 14 to one. I rather put my money on them due to the actual facts in the cup car. Cindric's no. always a good road racer. But when it comes to the cup car, he also has not been able to finish. Now, Bowman concussion, is he racing this week? No, he is not. Noah Gregson is filling in for him again. So, yeah, Gregson at 40 to 1, you know, Bowman at 31. Uh, That's not bad. I would actually peak Saturday and see how Noah does in the Xfinity car. And if you see him running in the top five, uh I would sprinkle in on him in the cup car. Now let's dip up here. Let's just, you know, let's just see if there's any 10 to one. Hey, hey real quick, real quick, yep. sl- slide right back up just a little bit. Did I just see Ty Gibbs? Keep going. Hi, Dylan. No, keep going up. Ty Gibbs, 100 to one. That's worth a sprinkle, you think? Uh, that's another one. Keep an eye on him Saturday. And if he's in the top five, sprinkle. I just said I don't want to sprinkle, but now that's tempting. That's really, really tempting. You know, I got to look here at these 10 to ones. Um, you know, this is kind of Grayson at plus 150. Jones, this isn't his track. I don't think there's any really like 10 to one value that's like kind of like sticking out to me here. The um, only one I would say that's a known name that you just see sitting down below Harrison Burton is Eric Almarola eight to one. What about Cole Cluster? You know, he's got one uh, average finish 13.5, you know, one top 10 here. Um, average start 25.5, average finish 13.5. Um, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. I, what about uh, where is he? Where's LaJoy? Where's your boy LaJoy? LaJoy's, LaJoy's off on this track. 
Uh, Butcher minus one ten. I can't do that. Um, Haley Haley that runs pretty good at row courses on these. He, he, he doesn't do bad. That that eight to ones. That eight to ones. Look at Wreck It Ricky, 14. fourteen to one, and this is a top ten. This is just a top ten for Ricky Stenhouse. Ooh, that yes, I'm touching it. Ricky Stenhouse top 10, 14 to one. Okay, so Brandon's final card. I'm not doing a top ten this week. Let me see if there's any props here. Any head to heads? No groups. Uh so Brandon's gonna lock in fourteen to one. Wreck it, Ricky. Um, top ten. Top ten. I am going. Uh, Brandon and I both are on Truex twenty nine to one. Um, Brandon is on Christopher Bell. Bell sixteen to one. I am. Uh, we are both on AJ Allmendinger yep. at twelve to one. You're on Byron. I am, I'm on William Byron at fourteen to one, and we're both on Chase Elliott at plus four seventy five. Yeah, we're doing that. it. Look at that. We're this, doing it, Brandon. I'm not gonna lie; I was a little nervous about doing the show, but uh, after realizing that my Lions suck, you know, I have nothing to talk shit to you about. So, uh, dude, I, I was the mo- I was so depressed Sunday seeing seeing Zappy. Take it to overtime. As, as a fan, it's one of those such a big win loss. Like you need that win to be able to keep in touch in the division, and it's right there. But you lose, but you have a rookie debut at Lambeau and take it all the way to overtime. You can't not be happy with that. Yeah. And who knows? Like, like there's rumors Max gonna play, try to go this week. I love Zappy. I'm a huge Zappy guy. I'm Team Zaps. Um, Do you follow Bob Mennery? Uh No, I he actually blocked me because I called him an idiot. That's hilarious. He stole some of my content too off of my off the post Boston Sports one time. But I knew it as soon as they put him in the game with him and his, with Bob Mennery and his Zaps and Zappy. I was like, yeah, he's gonna eat this alive. And of course, he goes live and all this Zap Zap stuff. Well, I will say this, my friend. Damian Harris over rushing prop. Don't care what it is. Just lock it in and just sit back and watch it hit. Are you guys bad against the run? Uh, yes. Uh, we overtook the Packers as worst against the run. You so. called it, though. I did take your prop about Harris last week as well, saying that the Pats would pound the ball. And that was before Corey got hurt, and that's what they did. Um, and I have to say this. What about What are my investments is uh, – Let's see how he is. 14. You know, I'm pulling up right now. Excuse me, everybody. I'm pulling up right now. One of my investments was Damian Harris over 850 yards rushing. And he is at, oh, he's only at 246. That's going to be a tight one for me to hit. It's still early. It's still real early. I mean, time 17. Okay. It's weird. They're running Stevenson. They're running Stevenson so much more. I just. Not, I mean, no, what they're doing is Stevenson's in the third downward. Yeah, but if he rushes for six or seven yards, they keep him in for like two more plays. Then they bring Harris back in. But, uh, my man, you enjoy the track. Send me some pictures. Uh, guys and girls, he's giving out two winners in a row. Give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter. 
on the Twitch. He's a top five percenter on Twitch, guys. Give him a follow at BostonBoy83. Uh, let's go for the turkey, man. We'll talk soon, my friend. Bye, guys. Well, we've reached the part of, part of the podcast where the man, the myth, the legend, the CFL go, XFL, CFL, um, Arena League gym, everything gym. You're right. stopping by the show. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great, Eric. Doing so good. So have you changed that to a jersey for a Teddy, uh, Teddy Covers jersey yet? Nope. In fact, I would rather this week we don't even play Teddy. I'd rather see Skyler out there. Really, dude? Yep. No love for Teddy Covers? I am done with Teddy. What was the last? He didn't cover last week. But he didn't start last week, dude. I don't Why? care. I don't care. I'm out on Teddy. You're not Team Teddy, dude? No. Why not, dude? Because he sucks. Dude, he's, I think he's better than Tua, dude. I, I vehemently disagree. I mean, dude, Tua's awful, dude. It's a, I disagree. The system, you have a, you have a good coach. In uh, my, Michael M, and he's putting yeah. him in a situation to be successful. And he's successful. I know, and he's going to do the same thing with. If I see it work the same with Teddy B, then I'll start changing my tune. I mean, let me ask you something, my man. Just, just let me let me ask you something, okay? How do these numbers appeal to you? Forty-two and twenty-one, sixty-seven percent ATS. What was the last time he started? Uh, last year. Where was he starting? Uh, Denver. Ah. 42-21. Listen, I don't hate it. I don't hate Teddy. I just I like I'm a big Tua guy. I think I think there's some there's some Teddy hate. And we, no, I just I just like Tua. Um. So we're not here to hear Jim and I go back and forth about the old uh, Miami Dolphins. You can see plenty of that this Saturday. Jim and I are going to be live 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern. We'll have some special guests for the Kansas and TCU live stream. But we're here to talk about CFL. Jim, overall, you've just been killing it the last two weeks, my friend. I've been feeling um, good. You know, you're. I think what, the correct term is you're seeing the board. You're just seeing the board right now, Jim. And I'm seeing, the game is like opened up to me. You know, and there's no better feeling. Than just seeing the board, we're gonna see, we're gonna see what you see for this upcoming weekend. We're gonna be looking at our friends at Points Bet again. If you're looking for a, a reliable sports bet, go to Points Bet, download the app, initial deposit, use promo code ETOF21. That's E T O F T twenty one. That way they know Uncle Rico sent you. Uh, game one, Tiger Cats laying two and a half over under forty nine. Saskatchewan plus one away on the money line. Jim, what do you like? Oh, this one's tough. I've gone on bits and pieces and parts of this. Uh, if you can find it, I like taking Hamilton first half, especially with Dane Evans starting. Mm-hmm. It's this is a tough situation. Both teams are kind of in must-win scenarios. I feel like Toronto's. I sorry. I feel like Saskatchewan's kind of falling under the pressure. I might take Hamilton here. I kind of, I kind of feel I need to take in getting the points. I'll take Saskatchewan. That's fair. And like both these teams have shown that they're they can be bad. Like this is probably going to be an ugly game. With that being said, do you lead the under though? Slight, slightly, but like we've also seen times where these quarterbacks can just blow up. It's weird. So, 
Jim's on the Tiger Cats minus two and a half. I'm on Saskatchewan plus two and a half. Neither one of us are touching this old. Over, under, um, let's turn our attention to game two. Saturday, BC Lions against Toronto. Toronto laying one and a half over under 48 and a half. BC money, BC even money on the money line. Gotta feel like this is a bounce back spot for Toronto after getting walked. 29 to 2. 29 to 2 getting a bounce back. They didn't score a single offensive point. Their two points came from two Calgary Rouges where like Calgary just gave up the ball for a better field position. And Toronto gets points for that. So like I I this has got to be a bounce back spot. Toronto has a good offense. They have a good defense. BC is good. Even with Vernon, especially with Vernon Adams starting back there, but he's no Nathan Rourke. So I, I like Toronto here getting the bounce back at home. I agree hundred percent. I like Toronto here minus the one and a half. So Jim and I are both on Toronto minus one and a half over under here, 40 and a half. What say you, my friend? Slightly on the over. Now I am going to bring up an interesting game here. We got Winnipeg laying 13 over under 50 and a half. I'll be honest. I don't have no idea what the hell to do here, my friend. So Edmonton has shown time and time again that they have a lot of fight. And it's the same with Ottawa. These teams, these two teams on the road win games and show fight. I think Edmonton comes in here and wants to punch Winnipeg in the mouth. Edmonton's playing for their life right now. I like Edmonton plus the 13. It's taking a lot of willpower not to sprinkle on that money line because I don't think they win, but I do think they cover. 13 is a lot of points for a team that plays this hard. And the Bombers, like, I don't know. You can't take anything away from them last week because when they played the Riders, they just clown the fuck out of them. It's weird. The Bombers could have, be having an incredible down year, and they play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and then they just destroy them. It's stupid. It it makes zero sense. Um. Yeah, I'll ride with you. Jim and I are both going to be on the Alex plus the 13. Next, we're going to Ottawa getting six and a half over under 47 and a half money line plus 210. Ottawa did make some news finally firing their coach to say the season's been a disappointment. It's been an understatement. I know you and I were both high on them going into the season. Mm-hmm. First game of the year came down to the backup cornerback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, leaning them down for a field goal. I, I, I'm, I, I always take a team after they fire the coach. I'll take Ottawa plus a six and a half. Maybe yeah, I'll- you kind of like, there's the two scenarios they can go. Like the team can kind of fall apart and just give up on the season, or they can rally around this new interim coach. And you always want to bet on them rallying. So I yeah. like Ottawa. Just don't overthink it. Take the Red Blacks. Take a money line. Montreal is a chaotic team. You can't trust them one week. You can trust them with your life the next. I like taking Ottawa here. And plus, you made a good, good thing. Ottawa only wins and covers on, on the. Uh, on it the is it is insane the difference the way not just this team looks but the fact that how they cover how they play how they just win on the road versus at home it's like two different teams. Uh now my parlay of the week I changed it I'm gonna take Saskatchewan plus the one away, you know let's start a parlay here here I'm gonna take Toronto minus the one and a half. Give me the Elks plus 13, and I'll take the Tiger Cats plus 210. That is a juicy plus 
2,153 parlay. That's juicy. That's juicy. Jimbo, what is your parlay of the week? I hate to go against you, buddy, but here it is. It's Hamilton Moneyline. Safe one right there. It's Toronto minus the one and a half. It's Edmonton plus the 13 and the over. Can, Can I do both? Yes, and then it is Ottawa money line. Parlay not available. Oh no, I'll get rid of that over then. Yeah. And then it's Ottawa money line. Ooh, plus seventeen fifty seven. It's gonna be interesting. Jim and I got two big parlays that we just gave out to the people. Uh, Jim, uh, when we just recorded Spring Fever, you made an interesting statement, and this is something I didn't know. We were talking about how if the team who's in fourth place has more points than the team in third place in the opposite division, they can slide over. Correct? So that's that's how – so if you go to the CFL official website, that's how you can see like Edmonton and uh, Saskatchewan still technically alive for the playoffs, even though Calgary, BC, and Winnipeg all have the western spots locked up. Basically, if Edmonton or Saskatchewan finish with more points than like Hamilton or Ottawa, if they finish with more points than both those teams, then they take a Western team and slot them into the third place of the East. So hear me out. If Saskatchewan goes over to the East, do they become the favorites to come out of the East? No. Who, who still, you- still probably Toronto. Still so probably think, the Argos. Okay. And you you don't think in a one-game scenario, Saskatchewan could beat the uh, – They could, the- but, man, it's really hard like to come out of the East in general. You have to play the two games. I just – I can't trust a team with a bad offensive line. And Saskatchewan, in my opinion, has the worst offensive line in the league. You know me, Jim. I'm just always looking for futures. I'm looking at these futures on points bet. We got the Blue Bombers plus 115, the Stampeders plus 400, Toronto, BC, both at plus 450, Montreal plus 850, Saskatchewan 14 to 1, Tiger Cats plus 5,500. Obviously, I Tiger Cats are up against it. I think it's going to take a miracle for getting him to get into it. That's why I kind of like the Saskatchewan because I think they're going to get in the third place game. I could see them. They're, how can I say this? Their variance grid. I so feel are you, the ceiling is really high, but I also feel their floor is really low. So are you taking the Riders to make it to the Grey Cup? Or are you no, taking them to win it? I would take them to win it. Not a chance. That is a no. I can't because they're probably playing the Bombers. And the Riders just lose to the Bombers. They are embarrassing against this team. Maybe because it'd be a home field situation, like they'd be playing in Saskatchewan. That's where the Grey Cup is this year. You play it for that scenario. But I like the money you get on fucking Edmonton more than that. Really? 150 to 1 odds to play in the Grey Cup? You see, you show me a team that plays with this much heart on the road. If Edmonton, it, it's all basically predicated on if Edmonton can win this week. If they lose, they're out. So let me ask you this. If Saskatchewan makes, Saskatchewan wins the Grey Cup. Are we gonna are we gonna see you eat all the ingredients to a coconut cream pie individual? No, I feel like I have to eat like a watermelon rind and all. Oh, what? What? 
Yeah, because the, that's the thing that the Rough Riders fans do is they wear, like, they cut out watermelons and wear them on their heads. Huh. Okay. I feel like I have to, like, eat a whole bunch of watermelon. All right, so you'd have to eat a whole watermelon by yourself. Yeah, is it safe to eat the rind of a watermelon? Is it safe to eat? I'm looking it up right now. The whole thing's edible. But okay. It's cousin the cucumber. The whole thing yep. is edible. I didn't yep, know so cucumbers and watermelons were cousins. I, di- I also didn't know that was those were cousins. So, yes, if the Rough Riders win the Grey Cup, I will eat a whole watermelon. Skin and all. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. God damn it, Jim. Jim, I feel yeah. like you're going to dump me as a friend just because of all the food bets you lose to me. Well, uh, I haven't lost a single one yet. Keyword, yeah. Tune in this Saturday to see <laughs> <Kansas> <laughs> <TC>. <laughs> Tune in this Saturday to watch Kansas get six, baby. Let's go. Oh, God. All right, people. Uh, Jim, thanks for stopping by. You've been a money guest this whole CFL season. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at XFL Jim, YouTube XFL Jim. I do a CFL recap every Tuesday, and now that it's October, we're getting spooky with it, so tune into that every week. I'm streaming with this guy like three times a week. Dude, like you're turning into my BFF. It's it's been it's been a budding relationship, and I'm I'm happy that we're doing it. Hey, buddy, you know what? When two when two studs get together, you know, it's it's just a magical moment, and that's what's happening now. Uh Jim, I look forward to talking to you on Saturday, my man. Back at you. And we've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk a little NFL, but before we talk NFL, we're going to talk some MLB. And who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend? David, a.k.a. Better DP21. What's up, dude? What's happening, Eric? Happy Friday, my man. Hey, dude. Happy Friday, man. You know, we're here. It's always good. Start that Thursday off with a win. I did. Pressure's on, 19 and 10. You got you got a little catching up to do this weekend, my man. I do have some catching up to do. <laughs> I have no problem doing just that. <laughs> um. So before we dive into it, uh, MLB is going on. You know, you are a phenomenal MLB guy. Uh, we're recording this right doing the Phillies Cardinals and you're on the Phillies live. I took the Cardinals pre-flop. So one of us is going to, one of us is going to be pretty happy right now because the Cardinals have, excuse me, the Phillies have the bases loaded right now with one out. Yeah. I'm watching it. I, I pulled up on the <laughs> left of my screen too. <laughs> I have it too. So uh, we're, we're going to be talking some Mets and Padres because that's honestly the only game where one of us, you know, where we kind of have an opinion here. And um, so let's let's lock this in. I think both of us are kind of looking at the same bet. We're both kind of looking at the Mets for the first spot. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's, you know, I modeled this earlier in the day. I didn't, I wasn't paying much attention to the, to the schedule itself of, you know, timing of these things, but I want to be available for our talk now. And uh, you know, as I, as I pull everything up here, you know, I actually model this to have a line closer to minus 165 in favor of the Mets. Still value on this line. Um, you know, it started earlier in the day, uh, probably even as low as minus 145. I think I got on the first half for first five. And, you know, main thing here why, you know, I kind of headed down this path for myself is because, 
you know me, I, I like to take bullpens out of the equation where I can. And I definitely, you know, think, you know, the Mets have the hotter bats right now. They just had a very easy se- uh, season ending series sweep of the nationals for themselves. Um, you know, they've been, uh, let me see here where they're averaging right around seven runs the last three games. So, you know, the offense is there for them. They've got uh am I call it they've got Scherzer going on the mound this evening you know him and Darvish are actually pretty comparable here um they each have a whip below one and an ERA sitting right at 2.5 so the pitching matchup is actually pretty even but I just really love where the Mets are offensively um you know it's hard you love going in the postseason having some hot bats you know meanwhile on the opposite foot um you know the Padres are sitting with uh, where is that? Like an average run support of like four and a half. So, you know, they, there's definitely a little bit of an advantage here for them. You know, I'm playing the money line minus 145. Like I think it moved to minus 150 at this point. So there is movement in that favor uh, for the Mets right now. And like I said, I just like to take the bullpen out of it. I want to be able to enjoy the rest of the game. So it's kind of where I'm seeing the advantages right now. I mean, my, my cap is this. I'm looking at it. Mets have the second best batting average versus right-handers. So I think they're going to be able to get get to Darvish. They don't strike out. They have the fewer, third fewest strikeouts versus right, right-handers. right So they're not going to waste that bats. And they have the seventh most RBIs versus right-handers. So they hit righties well. Darvish can get wild. And, I mean, this is why you pay Max the big money, man. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, Red- you could say that until they play the Braves because, you know, we saw how they did that series. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. I'm looking at my charts right now, and guess who leads leads the Major League Baseball in most strikeouts against right-handed pitchers? Leads the league? I don't know who. Oh, that'd be your Atlanta Braves, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to act like you didn't say that as the Phillies are only down by one run right now. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. And Halsey, Halsey's like yeah. – <laughs> Kelsey's pulling the high school thing, acting like he's hurt right now. And the trainer's out. So, uh, <laughs> um, all right. So we have two bets. This is the NFL best bet section. So uh, the original idea was we were going to talk about MLB for Saturday, but no, basically there's nothing listed. So it's a little hard for us to be able to do anything. And we have right. a pitching change going on in the Phillies uh, St. Cardinals game. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, David, we each have two of our best bets. We're not, David was on the, the live stream earlier in the week, so he, we're not going to mention those. We're going to go in a different direction because you guys don't want to hear us repeat the same thing. Uh, what is your first bet of the week? Yeah, so looking at the weekend ahead, you know, I was definitely looking at the board some more after we, you know, talked through several games on Tuesday and. Uh, one team that I really like to stand out is a home dog in, in Cleveland. Um, you know, so I'm actually going to take the Chargers Browns matchup and I'm going to take Cleveland. I think it's at plus three. Let me double check the numbers real quick. Um, give me a second. And yeah, I'm seeing Cleveland. Oh, it's gone down to two and a half so at this point. Cleveland on the money line at plus 110. Um, you know, anything for me, when I, when the numbers start to drop on the points, you know, below three, um, you know, first of all, that's just a showing a favorable line move, you know, in, in favor of the bet itself. But then also from that perspective, um, I like to really put my money on the dog money and get a little bit more there. 
So, you know, just looking at the matchup overall, uh, Cleveland, you know, across the board is actually ranked, you know, pretty much middle of the pack, if not top tier of the pack when it comes to their passing offense and rushing offense. They're pretty much top 10. They got number ranked 11 uh, with DeVoe rankings for passing offense and then number three rushing offense, right? And then on the opposite end, Chargers have the 30th uh, ranked, you know, rushing offense and um, middle tier, I would say, ranked 18th uh, rushing defense. So I could definitely see Cleveland running all, running all over them a little bit. Um, you know, they do have a pretty formidable, you know, pass defense for themselves for the Chargers. So I could just see them keeping us on the ground, running, you know, quite a ton at home. Uh, I love a home dog. I mean, like I mentioned before, I don't really put a lot of weight in home home away advantages necessarily all the time when it comes to NFL. I don't think that plays the same way it does in college football that it does at the NFL level from my perspective. But, you know, I absolutely still love home dog money where I can get it. So, you know, I got it at three uh, and the money line, uh, you know, because uh, that's where the points were earlier in the week when I modeled it around Tuesday. But, you know, it's dropped to two and a half at this point. So I just like where the line moves uh, is is at right now, as well as, you know, just the advantages of uh, the uh, rushing offense for Cleveland right now. Um, And I found this like weird stat. Okay, of course you did. This is really weird. West Coast teams, Chargers, that played in the mm-hmm. Central Time Zone, then were favorites the following week in the Eastern Time Zone, which shockingly, there was a shocking amount of teams that fell, fell under this. We're just 45% ATS. Really? Which is a little, isn't that, that's a little weird, isn't it? That's like yeah. that's kind of a weird stat, you know, two road games. Um, You know, just kind of to piggyback what you said, Chargers 18th DVOA against the run. Browns third. I think this is a huge Nick Chubb game. I think they're just going to be feeding Chubb. I think they're going to short the game. Um, sure. Last week, the Browns had three starting defensive linemen out. All of them are back. And the um, the Chargers have some offensive line issues. So I got the three. I locked in the three. I I, I love the Browns here. I think it's a huge Chubb game. Um, my nice. first one is... I locked the Bears in at seven and a half. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, one of the things is I'm looking at it. I know the Bears' offensive line has been absolutely brutal, but they have been good running the ball. They have been good run blocking. Their 11th DVOA running the ball. Vikings struggle to stop the run, which is 27th DVOA. So they're going to, the Bears are going to have success running the ball, which is really big just because they're not going to have to rely on. Justin Fields to make plays, which in my which in my mind is absolutely huge. Also, um, you know, I'm just looking at it right now. You know, I don't I didn't think Minnesota handled the travel well to London. They left mm-hmm. the Friday morning, um, and you just kind of look at what they did. They, they they beat the Saints on a last thing of field goal that hit the post from the Saints of their backup quarterback, No Camara. And without two thirds of their starting wide receivers, they should have lost the Lions. They got, I mean, the Eagles took their foot off the pedal. There's a couple, there's like maybe like if Irv Smith caught that ball by Cousins, maybe it would have been a little, a little closer game. Um, again, on Monday Night Football, but they basically they got thoroughly outplayed. And the game against the Packers, Packers didn't have their two, two starting le- tackles, you know? So I think, 
I'm not buying them. I'm looking at it right now. There has been five times that a team played. Oh, my God, dude. Jeez, dude. A seeing eye single just to tie the game up, dude. Are you freaking kidding me, dude? God. No, they took the they just, Now we're definitely in the 50-50. Oh, it's took the lead, 3-2. They took the lead. Oh, um, <laughs> ass, dude. Jesus, dude. Unbelievable, dude. Sorry, buddy. That's just me taking the lead on, you know, a bet here that Eric may lose and I might win now. That's all that is. <laughs> I did, did you have anything else? Go- I'm, I'm already want to know today. I just had Philly. I just, I got it out earlier. I posted it to my Twitter and uh, made it alive. It was the top of the first inning when I, when I posted that because um, I actually thought there was more time till game time. And um, when I went looking, I was like, oh, well, get it in while I can. So the, f- the funny thing is you could all like you could always tell, like you look at the you look at the fans like in the stands, they just look utterly depressed. <laughs> you look me, yeah. I'm swearing and you're grinning ear to ear. So, you know, <laughs> kind of like I'm pissed because I'm, I'm probably going to lose, lose my buddy now. They're upset. <laughs> the, but, but back to this uh, teams after London without a buy. There's been five of them, two and two, two and one ATS, two and three straight up. Both favorites went one and one ATS, one and one straight up. Um, you know, three overs, two unders. So, you know, it's not real um, definitive, but the one thing that did stick out, opponents. So, so if you, the team playing the team went to Unden, their team totals four and one, hmm. which is kind of interesting. I think the Bears are going to be able to score here. Divisional game over a tutty. I'll take the Bears here plus a seven and a half. You know what? I may just sprinkle on the money line just because I, I I think both these teams are insanely not as good as a record says. Yeah, um, I don't hate that because I think their money lines are like plus 270, 265. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know, worth it, worth a gamble, man. Worth a gamble. Yeah, for sure. I'll have, make, I'll have to make up some money after this cards choke. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your, uh, you know, what's your next one? All right. So I can't recall if I talked about it. I think I know I definitely brought it up, but um, the line's still in a very favorable position. I'm looking at the Cowboys Rams game. You know, I I'm definitely bet it. I've definitely got money in on this one. Um, I like the Cowboys plus five and a half right now. Again, you know, just everything's clicking in Dallas for them right now. Defensively, offensively, Um you know, they're sitting both pass and rush offense about the same, respectively, 12th and 13th in the league. Um, you know, the the one area they lack any kind of common sense, apparently, is the rushing defense because they're ranked number 25. Uh, the passing defense, top five. I mean, again, they defensively across the board are pretty strong. Offensively are very balanced. Um, Cooper Rush doing a great job. And, you know, I absolutely love where they're at right now. I think the Rams are definitely in a struggle mode. Uh, offensively, both rush and pass, they're sitting lower third of the, you know the league, right around twenty. I mean, that's what it averages to. But you know, the rushing offense is at nineteen. Um, you know, passing offense is sitting at like twenty-two for them. And I mean, really, the only thing they really have in their favor is you know their their rushing defense. So I really love um, just seeing those advantages across the board. Their passing defense is also ranked 25th in the league. I mean, you know, if, if these receivers or anything, you know, if they have any kind of 
you know, common sense that they keep having in Dallas right now, they're going to be able to throw it all over the Rams. And I just really, you know, usually the Rams strength is throwing the ball over people. And I think Dallas is up to the challenge. So, you know, personally for me, I really like uh, where this line is right now at five and a half. I'll take the points on Dallas, you know, going into the Rams and winning probably outright. Rams offensive line sucks. Dallas's defense is playing lights out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that's basically it. I just don't understand why the line's moving the other direction. I mean, I had it at four and a half earlier in the week when we talked about it. Five and a half now, a whole point. I'm like, I don't know what changed, but, you know, that's just a little biased to me. Um. So, yeah, that's I, – I I like that bet. I have a huge card, so that didn't make my card. Um, I'm going to yeah. switch it up. I'm going to go to a player prop. And, um, you know, this player prop is a little juicy – um Kamara's coming back uh his over under for receiving is 26 and a half I'm just looking at it through four games the um the Seahawks have given up 24 receptions 186 yards with an 83 percent catch rate to opposing running backs Kamara's gonna factor in just because he's a such a huge part of that offense so yeah, I I love Kamara over 26 and a half yards receiving. I think I think that's a gimme bet. And it could who knows? Like I took the four net one, it hit in the first uh first play of the game. This one could easily hit in the first play of the game. Um I mean so, it really should, considering you're talking about the last ranked passing defense in the league with Seattle. They're they're the second. I'm looking at it right now. This is in turn, this is my uh fantasy chart that I'm getting all this data off of. They have given up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, Seattle. First, Houston Texans. So, yeah, I just think it's a good spot. I mean, I, I use this chart I have to, like, kind of find some player props. So I, I absolutely love it. And then let me pull up the nice. DVA real quick. DVA, DVOA. Um, DVOA defensively. Defending the running back, they are um we are looking for the Seattle and my DVOA stuff isn't working right now. Um what you need. I got I it all. Seattle is where are they DVOA? <clears throat> five to two. Six worst. Six worst. Yeah, I know five two. <laughs> five two. Thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, God, this, this, look how depressed this picture looks, dude. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Did you see that third baseman? The guy that's yeah. <laughs> based on his name. Oh my God. dude. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Sorry, buddy. Eric is a little depressed right now. He'll get back that's to okay. you with some numbers here. Yeah, when he recovers. David. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is great. Um, <laughs> I just think there's good value there. Um, I did want to read this quote to you. Like Todd Furum, who I think is great, great follow. Um, used to do the sports, used to be in charge of the sports book at Caesars. Um, he tweeted out, there is not a straight line correlation between knowing sports and being a profitable sports better. This guy, I'm not going to say his name because he's an idiot, goes, this is completely false. If you don't know sports, you will lose your ass betting on sports. There is a direct correlation with people not knowing sports and losing. I see many dudes 
who don't know what minus 110 means, that don't know what plus four means on a point spread. They lose. And then he like types out lose in capital letters. Todd replies, someone explained to that minus 110 and plus four are gambling terms and illustrate an illustration of math above all else and not actually about knowing sports themselves. Appreciate your further support on my statement, even if your goal is to prove me wrong. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Uh, hey, just let so you know, it's 6-2. 6-2, um, yeah. I, was, I just don't want to interrupt you there. <laughs> uh, well, David, thanks for coming on. Just to review, I took Camara over 26.5 yards receiving and the Bears plus 7.5. David is on the Cowboys plus the five and a half and the Browns money line at plus one ten. Yes, uh, we'll be back here next week. Um, we'll we'll try to do a baseball thing. I don't know. We'll we'll figure out a baseball thing that we can do uh, one of these days, and uh, you know, hopefully the cards can have a magical five run ninth, and uh, you know, I can send you a message. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk next week, my friend. All right, my man. Thank you. That's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I'd like to thank my guest at Boston Boy 83. Make sure to give him a follow at XFL Jim. Make sure to give him a follow. And my boy David at Better DP21. Make sure to give him a follow as well. Before I sign off, I just wanted to give my thoughts on this whole Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing. Here's the thing I've never been a Jordan Poole guy. I think the guy is way overhyped, I think he's way overrated. And we saw it in the playoffs. What did he do in the finals against Boston? Not much because he was so much a liability on the defensive end. Everyone needs to come, like, pump the brakes on this kid. This kid is not the Steph Curry. That's an insult to Steph Curry. He is nowhere near Steph Curry. This guy's a six-man at best in the league. Ran his mouth. Draymond, Draymond rolled up on him. He shoved Draymond. Draymond knocked him out. If you're going to push somebody, what do you expect to happen? What's that meme say? You're not that guy. And Jordan Poole, you know what? I got news for you. You ain't that guy, Jordan Poole. You ain't that guy. Well, that's it for this week's show. Make sure to check out the ETOF21 Sports Show on Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to check it out. Until then, boys and girls, and I will be back next week. And also check out XFL Jim and myself this Saturday live on YouTube when we are live betting and talking TCU Kansas.